Hello and welcome to Where There's a Will, There's a Way podcast. And on this episode, Claire is going to bust some myths surrounding LPAs. Uh, Claire, hello. Do you think you're ready for this? I think so. I hope so. Readier than I'll ever be. All right, then here we go. Let's get straight into it. So, of course, we've got 10 uh, common myths here. So, the first one uh, says, I have a will in place, so I do not need an LPA. Yes, so this one's um, more common than you'd think. So, in actual fact, a will and an LPA are two completely separate documents. So, they don't interact with each other, and in fact, they can't operate at the same time. So, a will comes into play when you die and determines what happens to your assets on death, whereas an LPA is used during your lifetime and appoints attorneys to act on your behalf if you can't make your own decisions due to, you know, either an accident or an illness. So, an LPA is used in your lifetime and ends on your death and then your will comes into play from the date of your death. Right okay so key differences there really clear Uh, and then myth number two says jointly held assets are not affected by mental capacity. Yeah so this is probably one of the biggest misconceptions and the one that a lot of people rely on thinking I don't need an LPA my bank accounts in joint names, my properties in joint tenants. Unfortunately, if financial institutions become aware that a joint account holder has lost capacity, it's not uncommon for them to freeze accounts until a valid LPA is presented because obviously it can't be determined whether the account holder is aware, understands or has even consented to the transactions. There's no separation between the funds of what belongs to the incapacitated account holder and what belongs to the other account holder. Um, And likewise, in regards to jointly held property, if if one of the joint or one of the joint owners wants to sell, then both parties have to agree. So if one of them has lost capacity, they, they can't agree to the sale, they can't sign off on the transfer. So the property simply can't be sold or transferred without a valid LPA. Right. Okay. Really interesting. And then myth number three, then my next of kin can make health decisions without an LPA. Yeah, another good one. So um, whilst, whilst the medical professionals would always seek the opinion of next of kins they essentially have no legal authority to make health or medical decisions for someone who's lost capacity so if someone has lost capacity and they don't have an lpa then medical professionals have the last word and they are bound to make decisions they believe is in your best interests even if that sometimes conflicts with what your family thinks is best so um without with a health and welfare lpa the attorneys have that legal authority to make decisions about medical treatment um, and and for those to be taken into consideration. Right, okay. Um, And then we've got another myth here that says you can only have one attorney. Is, Is this a myth, Claire? Yeah, absolutely. So you can you can choose more than one person. Um, they can act either jointly, which means that they must make all the decisions together, or you can opt for them to act jointly and severally, which means they can either act together or independently. Um, you can have as many attorneys as you want. Generally, I mean, the forms put up to a maximum of four, but you can add more. The, the, the more attorneys you have, the more it might be difficult to make decisions together. Um, but, you know, there is the option to appoint more than one person. And in fact, we generally recommend that you do, because what if that one person, for whatever reason, can't actually make decisions for you, either because they've lost capacity themselves, they might be in a foreign country and not be able to, you know, logistically be involved, or they may pass away before you. So the... Um, 
the powers of attorney can be really flexible in terms of ensuring that you're protected through various different scenarios. And you can also have the, the forms allow you to appoint replacement attorneys as well if for any reason the original attorneys are unable to act. So you can have one attorney if you want to, but actually it's mm-hmm. probably better that you have more than one. Okay, yeah, it sounds like it makes sense. Um, now, we're halfway through the myths already, Claire. So the next one <laughs> says uh, the LPA must be used once it is made. Yeah, so not, not necessarily. So for the property and financial LPA, you can decide whether it can be used straight away. But whilst you've got mental capacity, your attorneys can only act with your permission and guidance. For the health and welfare one, it can actually only be used when you've lost capacity. So whilst you have capacity, your attorneys can't make decisions on your behalf. They can only step in when you've actually lost capacity. So until then, the, the power of attorney can be set, kept safe and if the situation arises that it is needed, then your attorneys can immediately step in. Right. Okay. Brilliant. And I'm guessing this next myth is one of the most popular. So LPAs are for the elderly or ill. Yes. So <laughs> obviously it's something that's so LPAs and, and capacity and these sorts of subjects are typically associated with age-related illnesses, you know, things like Alzheimer's, dementia, that sort of thing. But actually people can lose mental capacity for so many different reasons, including, you know, accidents, strokes, being unconscious or in a coma, as well as dementia and age-related illnesses. Um, and sometimes things like the effect of anesthesia or the effect of um, medical treatment, you know, prescription drugs and things like that, that can that can sometimes really affect someone's ability to make decisions. So it's not just for the elderly or the ill. Young people need it just as much. You know, accidents happen, things mm. do happen that we can't predict for. Um, so the LPAs are really crucial in many different circumstances. Yeah, it's definitely something to be aware of, isn't it? Um, mm. Okay, then. So the next myth, um, attorneys once nominated can do whatever they like. Yeah, I think this is one that that people are worried that, you know, there's a lack of control and, you know, attorneys have freedom to do whatever they want. But actually, the LPAs are put in place to protect you. Um, and so your attorneys have to act in line with the Mental Capacity Act, which is statute law. There are several rules and codes of practices about how attorneys make decisions for someone who's lost capacity. But essentially, attorneys have got a duty to make decisions in the best interest of the person who's lost capacity. So whilst the powers are fairly wide, wide there are statutory restrictions and attorneys are, are liable for any breach. You know, there are real, real world consequences. You could be prosecuted, you could have to pay money back, that sort of thing. So attorneys can't just do whatever they like. They have to act, mm-hmm. always act in the best interest of the person who's lost capacity. Okay, well, that's really good to know. And then on to our eighth myth, myth number eight. Uh, I can just make an LPA when I need one. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not that simple because when you actually need one, um, it's actually likely to be too late to be able to make an LPA. So you can you can only make an application for an LPA whilst you have mental capacity that you're you're fit and healthy. Once you've lost capacity, the process is completely different. Your family's going to need to go through the court of protection to apply apply for what's called a deputyship order, and this is going to be much more lengthy costs a lot more money um, and actually that's the time when it's needed the most so you don't want that delay you don't want that extra cost you don't want that extra pressure Um, so no you can't just make one when you need one it's something that needs to be in place before that event occurs yeah I guess um 
I don't know what the word is, but preparation is, is key, isn't it? In yeah. this instance, you can't leave it until it's too late. Yeah, absolutely. You need to do it whilst you're fit and healthy. Um, otherwise, it's going to be too late. Right. Okay, then. And then uh, myth number nine, an LPA means I lose control over my life. I mean, this, this has got to be a myth, right, Claire? Yeah, absolutely. So I think this is what puts some people off making LPAs and saying, you know, I'm, I'm signing my life away to my attorneys. You know, as I mentioned before, LPAs are actually designed to protect you. And in fact, having an LPA means that you don't lose control over your life. And so choosing the right attorneys is obviously key to make sure that they're people that you trust um, and that they can speak for you when you can't speak for yourself. So, you know, there are strong safeguards and rules to protect you, but ultimately, provided you've chosen people that you trust, you're actually retaining control, you're not losing it. That's a really good way of looking at it and, and putting it actually, yeah. um, because they're there to do a job, aren't they? I suppose they're there for, for that reason. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the LPA is there to make sure that decisions can still be made and your decisions and your wishes can be respected so if you don't have an LPA then those decisions are outside your your realm of possibility and your family can't get involved yeah definitely okay then so on to our final uh, and tenth myth so this one says putting an LPA in place is too much hassle but Claire this is where you come in isn't it where expression wheels can come in and help absolutely so that's something that we can help with we can take the pressure off you a little bit yes the process can sometimes be a little bit long-winded the forms are long there's lots of signatures they have to be registered with the office of the public guardian but that's where professional service come into play so that we can manage the whole process on your behalf and make sure that the documents are prepared in your best interests um you know if you if you don't do this task then the it's going to be much more hassle to to not have an LPA you're going to be left more vulnerable your family's going to have this mammoth task of going through court procedures to get the right provisions in in place and it's just going to be a much bigger headache for everyone involved okay then well I think we've certainly bust some myths today haven't we on LPAs um but is there anything else you'd like to add Claire on anything we've kind of discussed or on any of the myths uh, that we've discussed no, so I just think um, just highlighting, you know, how important LPAs are. It is a task that not a lot of people think about and not a lot of people do. It's something that's so important. As I say, it allows you to retain control over your life. It allows you to be protected if you're not able to make your own decisions. So even if you think you're young, even if you think you don't need it, anything could happen at any time. So why, why take the risk? Yeah, no, that's so, so true. And of course, we have already recorded an episode on uh, LPAs, haven't we? Which goes into a little bit more detail. Obviously, this is just covering the myths. So uh, people can always go back and find that on your website as well, can't they, Claire? Yes, definitely. Definitely worth a listen. That goes into a little bit more detail about what the process actually involves, what the attorney's powers actually are. And as always, we're always available to discuss anything in more detail with anyone who has any questions. So please do get in touch. There we go. Well, that's been actually really insightful, really fun uh, to go through all of those myths. Uh, and I'm sure we'll catch you on another episode uh, really soon. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Tessa. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.